When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. So I am not a Powerball winner. Are you? I am not. Me and Randy, the handyman, we split all of our winnings. We split all of our tickets. We're not even close. Mm. It's a bummer. And then, you know, I saw a headline about it's like buying a dream. I think I'd buy an island. I'd start there. Nothing wrong with that. Or a castle with a moat. I want limited access to me. I want my own aircraft, okay, like a private jet. Interesting. That I could, you know, have a full-time pilot for. Yeah. And I would have it have a medical lift on it. And this is the reason why. I can't get my wheelchair onto an aircraft. So what they have to do is they have to take me out of the wheelchair I'm currently in and have four airline employees put me in the first class seat next to the door. Huh. And these are not people that are trained in moving medical people. Oh no. <laughs> they're they're like, just like used to just handling baggage and now they're just handling humans. Like, here you go. Toss yeah. you like a duffel bag into your chair. And most of the time it's like flight attendants. So it's just not good. So I want my own aircraft. I have seen the insides of a couple of private planes. They're so small. I had no idea. It's just the way that the seats are arranged that makes it quite comfortable. And I do know one guy that has a private plane used to work for him. Never got a chance to ride in that thing, though. And I begged. <laughs> I almost did. When I got my job interview, mm -hmm. I almost got on a private jet. Maybe your dream is is still yet to come. 
And that would be awesome if you had a private jet and then people are like, oh, can we come with you? And it's like, no, it's a one seater. It's just me. It's just, it's just everything for moon. It's your lift, your massage table, maybe like, a, I don't know how they'd make a hot tub work, you know, with the, with the turbulence, but rich people, they can figure that out. Oh yeah. You can get almost anything with money these days. Sure. Ooh, can. Speaking of um, flying, I'm going to run something by you. Are you still with your boyfriend? Yes. Are you planning on taking any airline trips in the near future? Mm, I mean, there's always plans to do that. And then real life stuff comes up and then, you know, you have to spend money. Would you like to go on a flight and only pay for one ticket? Yeah. Would you do it before January 23rd of next year? Sure. I have not been able to pay you for helping every week with the podcast. I would like to gift you a companion fare, if you will. It's a buy one, get one. Ooh. Here's the that. thing. It's on Delta. Okay. You can't take first class. You can't take comfort class. This is main cabin only. That's all I ever fly, dude. That's it. Okay. I'm with the main cabin people. <laughs> <laughs> so... I want you to think about that. And by the end of the podcast, I want you to see whether you're going to accept it or not. Well, I'm pretty sure okay. my answer is so, going to be, but is it the continental <laughs> United States? Continental United States. All right. Well, there goes Hawaii. Okay. <laughs> That's a place where you can just, you can just hang it up. The problem is it's about $5,000 a month to live there. And yeah. you're not rich at $5,000 a month. I'll tell you what was really funny. I had a friend that got a job there mm -hmm. on the radio and he got a job in Honolulu. And while he was there, he had to say street names and oh, suburb yeah. names and stuff like that. Not and easy. they all have like 500 letters. They do. And, you know, here, when you come on the radio, you're going to mess up Shakopee. You'll call it Shakopee or whatever you want to call it. There's a few that, you know, people that have never lived here just don't understand. Mm -hmm. uh, that was the same for him in Hawaii, and he lasted about two weeks on the air, and that was it. Kapanapana, Kamalalea, there's it's it's a lot of K's and A's and U's. The thing that's tough about trying to pronounce correctly another language that you've never studied is that you don't know any of the rules that would help you kind of sound it out. <laughs> Correct. You know, I mean, there's a lot of Native American uh, things that are named in this state that we're not even pronouncing the way that the Native Americans pronounce it. We're like, ah, we'll say it this way. I mean, we're kind of the worst that way. We're like, nah, let's just call it Elm Street. That's easier. The one that really got me was Bidet Makaska. First of all, a bidet is what cleans your butt. And whenever I hear that, all I can think of is having that pleasant, warm spray and Ew. mine actually alternates. It goes like a sprinkler. Inside, you and your side. bidet again. You love your bidet. <laughs> it's a smart bidet 2000. Everybody should have one. It's got <laughs> heated seats. I think it's a great idea. That's a gift you buy for yourself, though. That's not one you give to someone else because it's like you need to clean your ass. <laughs> like, yeah. And I've been watching White Lotus. If you guys don't know the show she's referencing on episode 78 of moon p jug and hobbs it's a show that i absolutely adore and i watched the first season after the emmy awards had no intentions of watching it but it won so many awards i thought eh, whatever i'm in between shows 
I tried it. I loved it. And if you can imagine this, very entitled, rich, bitchy people staying at very, very high-end hotels. It's the story of the staff that takes care of those brats. It's funny to watch the super wealthy people have to interact with regular people and how regular people have to acquiesce to the rich people. It's a lot funnier than I thought it would be, but in a satirical way. Oh, it's really, really fun to watch. Uh, The new season just came out, season two. And what I had envisioned was that the same cast in season one Mm -hmm. would be on season two. Right. It's not that at all. Mm -mm. There's one person from uh, season one that made the cut to get to season two. And she's amazing. Jennifer Coolidge. And I don't think we're giving anything away. And I'm only one episode into the new season. So that's all I know is that you get to see her again, which is great. Ew, it's just perfect for her. It's kind of like Gene Smart in Hacks. Yeah. I mean, it was just like a custom fit role. I would like to talk about something I've been watching. We have this friend that is a complete Prince freak. And she actually gives tours at Paisley Park. Mm. She knows everything about Prince. Whenever she posts up on Facebook, she's very artsy. And she said, you need to try a show on Netflix called From Scratch. Like I'm starting from scratch. And so we tried it. And it's a rom-com. And a lot of guys don't like rom-coms. I love them if they're well done. You're a softie. And this one is all about the story of a daughter who isn't growing up to be what her daddy wants her to be. It's about your life. Oh God. So the father wants her to go to law school and she wants no part of it. She wants to do art. So this show is almost custom written for you. You should, you should really watch this one. Number one on Netflix. Now Elon Musk bought Twitter for, I believe it was $44 billion. Yeah, I heard that. There is a comedian. His name is Tim Heidecker. One of the things that Elon Musk said when he first bought Twitter, one of his very first tweets was something to the effect of now comedy can live on Twitter. And so that would pretty basically be interpreted as, you know, something you can say what you want on Twitter. Mm -hmm. So he comes on and he posted that Donald Trump was dead. Trump is dead. He died badly. Elon Musk has suppressed this news or has he? And then he tagged him. Okay. And then Donald Trump Jr. is now just playing Donald Trump. And people started buying the story, sharing the story. There were 20,000 likes, thousands of retweets. What is Twitter going to become? I mean, all of the people that were advertising are now afraid Because, you know, he's opening the gates and saying people are going to have real freedom of speech again. And so advertisers don't want to be affiliated with that. Uh, A lot of big name stars are, you know, deactivating their accounts because they don't believe believe with him politically or whatever. I still like Twitter. And the reason I like Twitter more than Facebook is it was easier to use because in the beginning the tweets could have like 120 characters and that was it and there weren't people putting that many pictures up there weren't that many people with really long posts facebook i mean there's whole menus i mean you know there's whatever you want and then pictures on top of the menus so it was just easier 
and I could follow the people I wanted. I don't know. I like Twitter more than I did Facebook. I'm swinging back. I'm back to Facebook now. Clearly that original post was a joke. I mean, it just says Trump is dead. You know what I mean? It's it's clearly a joke. So what I find worrisome is that people are reading into why someone likes a tweet or shares a tweet. If I know it's sarcastic and I share it, that doesn't mean I believe it. And so we're quantifying some of these stories by saying there were so many tweets and there were so many responses. Well, yeah, but we can't judge the intention of why someone reacted to a response. I mean, it was a joke. It was a joke. So I'm not, and I'm not an Elon Musk defender. I feel like that's a lot of power for one dude to have, but I also knew people were just going to start pulling back on him because here's the thing. He's kind of a prick and no one likes him. And he's not even our prick. He's from South Africa. He's not even from here. The other day, my wife, P-Jug, asked me about Pete Davidson and how okay. he gets all the good-looking women mm-hmm. because he has been in relationships with the hottest of the hot. You want to know what I found out? And I'm not kidding you. This happened after the Kim Kardashian relationship or whatever. I saw online that the reason that he's so well-loved, he has a 10-inch penis. I was going to say, it's a huge dick. It's a huge dick. It's a huge dick. It's a huge dick. Pete is even starting to talk about it. Think about <laughs> what that might feel like. Uh, not a 10-inch penis, but to talk about your 10-inch penis. I could talk about what it feels like. It's a huge dick. It's a huge dick. It's a huge dick. <laughs> do, do, do you know what it feels like? <laughs> oh, God. It's a huge dick. I don't know how many men you've been with. So I'll, you know, you can fill that in later if you'd like. Um, In my experience, boy, you can't tell. You can never tell, but there is something about really tall, thin men that a lot of times are like way more endowed than you would think. It's a huge dick. It's a huge dick. It's a huge dick. It wasn't the face baby, but he is really funny and sweet. And he's, you know what, you know what his appeal though is to, to women. I think he's not the Hollywood type and he's not trying to be, he's artistic. He's dark. He's, you know what I mean? He's like smart, but he's kind of helpless. Like women love guys like that. He has Crohn's disease. Did you know that? I did not know that, but I, I know people that have it and it's awful. It is awful. Yeah, I think he's funny, too. I mean, I watched his stand-up on Netflix, I think it was, or whatever. He did an hour, and he was fun. I don't think he was my favorite stand-up by any means, but uh, I like to go online and watch people that I'm not familiar with. It just opens new doors and stuff. One of the things that... comedians uh, or just people online? (laughs) Both. People online. Hello. On webcams, I like to be a creeper. It's a huge debt. It's a huge debt. It's a huge debt. Here's something about Pete Davidson you probably didn't know. He just wanted to invest some of that hard earned Saturday Night Live money. Mm -hmm. And so he got together with Colin Jost. You may know him best as one of the uh, co hosts of Weekend Update on SNL. Uh, And what they did was they bought an old ferry boat that used to run across the Staten Island. And what they wanted to do was they wanted to turn that thing into a a nightclub. 
Oh, that would be awesome. Yep. So they would have, you know, yeah. all of the room they would need for huge crowds. Sure. They would have the view of the city lights. I mean, there'd be a lot of positives to it. So they went out and they spent about 350,000 bucks on one of these old Staten Island ferries. Well, guess what? The thing is completely filled with roaches and asbestos. Wouldn't that be a bummer? You buy Real something. Real estate in New York. You bought something for $350,000. Of course it has asbestos and, and, and cockroaches. <laughs> oh, God. And rats, probably, because the those wharf rats. I know you have a fear of mice and rats, but have you ever been around river rats? Because river no. rats are big. Those suckers are like the size of a cat. And they if they get on you, there's some heft to that. Have you ever seen a muskrat? I think that might be almost the same thing. Yeah, I've seen them. But yeah, the ones that get down the river, the the rats down by the Mississippi and that um, a buddy of mine owns a garbage company and the recycling centers right off of the, you know, the river there and, and a lot and, and stuff like that. And so the, you know, but the rats are freaking huge. I think animals are just turning on us. They are. And I understand there was an owl that just did a major attack on somebody and you, you wouldn't expect an owl to do that, but it happened. Yeah, it was. There's an owl who has twice now in one week attacked a woman. And there's a biologist in Washington state that's saying it's becoming more common. So this gal, uh, Kristen has got a house in Hansville, Washington, and she was on her daily walk through the woods and all of a sudden she heard, I mean, well, she heard nothing, but she said it felt like something winged really hard, hit her in the back of the head and it scratched her scalp. And apparently it was this owl and it's a, a white barred owl is what it's called. And they're really cute. They're the ones with the cute little fuzzy faces. Well, apparently these things are super territorial. And uh, this one has decided to nest on her property. So she decided to wait a couple days, thought it was kind of a fluke, uh, went on her walk like normal. The thing attacked her again. She posted about it online. A biologist came out and looked. And basically they're like, yeah, it's nested there. And there's not really a lot you can do. And the reason why it probably happened is because there's less dense forestry for these owls, these owls like to be secluded. So they don't see the difference between a human, a fox, anything. So they're just like, Shit. so yeah, watch out. I know for me, that owl would do that one time. Oh, you'd kill the owl? I would kill the owl immediately. Oh, right? Moon, yeah. you would kill an owl? I would kill anything that attacked me. I don't think you could kill him. Look at, he's adorable, actually. Well, the eyes are kind of dead. We just had an animal story last week. That was kind of weird. Do you remember that where the dog would take the bus? This dog would take a bus to a to a dog park. Yeah. And there was no human with him. He just knew when the bus was going to come. He jumped on it. Bus driver got to know him and he's got a free ride every day. Yeah. Now there's a story that's similar to that. Uh, but it's a monkey. It is a monkey. And uh, in New Delhi, there was a monkey who apparently likes to hang out at this train station. And he's done it before. He was caught not that long ago trying to board a train uh this time you can see someone got a, a cute video of him skipping the line through tsa and sashaying across the security desk um no one asked for his id you know i don't know what kind of 
priority. Maybe we should dress as monkeys when we go to the airport. Um, but yeah, apparently he's a fan of it. And I think the animals have just been cop. They've been seeing us enough, right? They realize there's a faster way to do things. And I think they're just going to start using public transportation. Why not? You know, if your owner shows you a couple times how to get there on the light rail, <laughs> you can just put your, because apparently they're not charging them anything. They can just go around for free. I have never used an Uber still to this day. Really? I have not. I've I have. used cabs. I've used light rail. I've used all kinds of stuff. I just have never used an Uber. Uh, my wife, P-Jug, one time, you know, thought about calling an Uber. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, download the app and set it up and, you know, see how you like it. So she downloads it. And the next thing you know, she has signed up to be an Uber driver. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> I right? remember that. She's like, I guess I signed up to be the driver, not to get <laughs> And it was pretty it's funny. Hilarious because she, if you know her too, because she absolutely does not like to drive. She so hates it. She does not like it. <laughs> That's a phobia she's been struggling with for a while. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, I have the fear of death. Yeah. And I mean, these things can be overwhelming. And they can take over. Yeah. That's why we all have medications and why we're all taking pills all day long. <laughs> right? I'm depressed. No, you're not. Here, take this. Take this. I have anxiety. Oh, no kidding. Try one of these. Yeah. Can't sleep at night. Great. All right. We can hook you up. I will never forget one time I was on a cruise and I was with P-Jug and we were in Belize City. And it was really hot that day. And we didn't really have any plans. When we got off the ship, we saw a nearby kind of an upscale hotel. And we broke into their pool area and just dove into the pool. So we looked like, you know, we were staying there, but indeed we weren't. Uh, and we used their towels and all that stuff. And we were there for most of the afternoon. And as we were thinking, man, maybe we should get back to the ship. We start walking back. And there's this Rastafarian dude that comes rolling up with a horse and buggy. Nice. And he said, would you like to see some things? And we said, no, our ship's going to be leaving, uh, you know, not too long. Uh, is there anything around here that you could show us that's quick? And he goes, well, whatever you like. I go, well, where do you live? He goes, oh, I live in a very bad part of Belize City. And I said, let's go to your house. Right. And so we jumped in the, uh, the little buggy. All right. So off we go. We get to his house. He waves at his mama. And then we keep going. And on our way back to the ship, there's a pharmacy. And I walked into the pharmacy, which was labeled drugs slash poisons. Nice. So you could buy either drugs or poisons. Finally, where was I'm writing it down? Belize. Belize City. So what we did was we went into the store and they had all drugs right there. Yeah. You could get Ambien, you could get Xanax, you could sure. get Valium and it's just right there. Yeah. And it's like home run. I'm thinking how much money do I have on me? Cause I'm buying everything. In this Too bad you found it on the way uh, back to the ship and not at the beginning of the day. Right. Uh, like, yeah. Ah, you'd have just, you know what, knowing you, 
you would have negotiated becoming a partner with the owner of the place by the <laughs> end of the <laughs> afternoon. Uh, so uh, we go back on the uh, cart to go back to the ship. Yeah. And I tell the driver, do you accept gratuities? And he goes, why? Well, yes, I do. And I gave him a Valium and he took it yeah. and I took one sure. and we're rolling down the street. And the wheel falls off the wagon. <laughs> right. And so I told him, I said, dude, you guys are both really chill about it. You're like, well, you know, universe, I guess. <laughs> so I tell him, I said, dude, the wheel just fell off your wagon. Right. And he's he like, it's a metaphor. He's like, yeah, right. I, right. My wheel fell off too, dude. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, don't worry about it. I'll fix it later. Yeah. So we just rolled with the tire, you know, wrapped around the wheel. Sure. Pulled by the horses, made a hell of a good. noise. But we made it to the ship and off we all went. Good. All of our drugs. I had a grocery sack full of drugs. It was awesome. <laughs> we used to do a bit on the show. My boss hated it. You call us up and tell us what your disease is and i'll tell you what med you should be taking yeah i remember right. he didn't like that one he didn't like it when you were like call and tell us what drugs you're on he didn't yeah. like that one <laughs> i was starting to remember some of the old things we used to do on the show the other day <laughs> and that one came to mind uh and then yeah you had a story today about things that smell bad yeah and we used to do a bit on the show called what weird smell are you smelling right now <laughs> and it right? was surprisingly popular people loved to weigh in on what they were smelling oh yeah and now there's something that smells i don't even know how to describe it it's a different kind of flower called a corpse flower yeah and we have one of these so we're out of minnesota right we're out of the twin cities and so in southern minnesota in saint peter at Gustavus Adolphus, they have one of these corpse flowers. Now, I know people who have been around the corpse flower when it blooms. And it's unique because it only blooms like every so many years or something like that. And then when it does, it's this huge flower and it smells exactly like a corpse, right? So now a Connecticut school corpse blossom is in bloom and emitting a, a foul stench. And it does this for just a short period of time. Um I was trying to think of like what's worse than that because they describe this as just it really does smell like a corpse that has rotted. Now, I've never smelled that. I haven't smelled that either. I do know that probably the two worst things for me, number one is vomit. Yeah. And that one really gets me. Mm -hmm. uh, but the second one, it might be even worse, is either chicken or turkey so poultry shit. it's got a lot of ammonia in it and it makes your eyes water one time we were hunting in nebraska and we were pheasant hunting and there was a an area that uh was purchased by a large corporation and it was these long munitions buildings that were used back in the 60s to store ammunition in case of a world war well, they had converted those things to ginormous chicken coops. And there were thousands of chickens in these buildings. And they had like almost like a cement uh, river of shit that mm. would flow out mm. of the building. Ew. Right. And, and they would wash this thing out. 
and it would go outside, outside of the building. Well, I shot a pheasant, but I didn't kill it. I just clipped it and it started running. And there was a lot of snow that day. And I'm running after a pheasant with my gun loaded. And the next thing you know, I fall into that river of chicken shit <gasps> to my waist. You did not. I did. Ew, I've touched you. Oh, God, that's like my worst nightmare. Oh, God, like falling into some sewage or something. Well, and my brother wouldn't let me ride the tr truck on the way home. He made me ride the back of the pickup. I wouldn't either. I would disown you. So that's the two things that I think probably are that's, as bad as anything I've ever smelled. That's vivid. Ooh, two questions with Putin. We do this every week. And then I'm going to read an email. Okay. That we received on moonpjughobs at Gmail. We did. We got one. Is it about our extended car's warranty or our car's extended warranty? No. Woohoo! Here's my first question of Putin. Okay. When was the last time you cried? Oh, yeah. Because there's got to be a soft part of him, doesn't there? Yeah, yeah like, like there's a song. Like all of a sudden, if some song comes on, all of a sudden you start seeing Putin get misty. And you're like, oh, God, don't play that, you know? I believe it. He has to have cried. I mean, I know he seems pretty harsh, but you got to think that he's a human. He's had to have cried. Second question of Putin. Have you ever hired a prostitute? He doesn't have to hire them. <laughs> they suck it for free. It's a huge debt. It's a huge debt. It's a huge debt. God. And I'm thinking, wow, how would you like to be his wife? I don't know. It seems like you'd be gone a lot. You just hang out in the palace by yourself. It's cool. Maybe get some good-looking security guards. You got a question for Putin? I got two of them. Two questions with Putin on episode 78, Moon P. Juggernaut. My question for Mr. Putin, have you ever worn a sexy Halloween costume? Ooh. You know, like a Chippendales cop or something, you know? An officer and a gentleman type thing, but real low-cut, real tight pants. It's a huge debt. It's a huge debt. It's a huge debt. I could see it. Okay, here's my second question. Have you ever thrown up from drinking too much? He has to have. They drink a lot of Russian vodka. Now, Although he strikes me as one of those dudes who probably doesn't party. He strikes me as one of those guys who probably doesn't drink. You know, I don't know. I don't know if he's a drinker. It'd be interesting to see him go through a 12-step program. You know what I mean? When you have to go back and make amends. Oh, he has to go back and make amends. He has to make, okay, we've calculated it here, babe. Uh, about 427,000 amends. You need yeah. to make. I remember when I went back and did my amends. Yeah. And it, it was not fun. It was really humbling. And that's one of the reasons the 12 steps work is, you know, you write a list, you write down what your part in the activity was and how you had harmed someone. And then when you go back, after many, many years, and you say to them, hey, uh, want to have lunch? I know we haven't talked in 12 years. Right. Remember that time I shit in your closet? I'm really sorry about that. Yeah. And you're not drinking still, and you're coming up on 160 days, eh? Yeah, 152 at the time of broadcast. Halloween was, yeah, Halloween was 150, which was kind of fun. It was 150 on Halloween. So I'll be six months after new year's so i've got to go through thanksgiving christmas new year's new year's day and you never thought you'd be able to do it did you i'd always hoped i could do it 
you know, I wouldn't say I didn't think I could do it, but I definitely felt a lot of shame around it. And I felt weak and I felt like it was a character flaw as opposed to what I really think it is now was a, it was a coping mechanism, you know, that, that I used too much to cover up my anxiety disorder, which I've, I've known about for years and I was not treating. And what does alcohol do? Boy, it brings the anxiety down, but then you get so drunk that you start texting people and saying shit and doing shit that you wouldn't do sober. And then the anxiety goes right back up and the anxiety is up. And so then you feel like crap at the end of the day. So you drink and then, Put on top of it that, you know, working in broadcasting, being a comedian, stuff like that, like a little bit of pressure. That's really what I look at this as more than anything is me actually getting down and treating my anxiety disorder. And I cannot treat my anxiety disorder well when I'm smashed. I know where I want to go. Where? Can I go to California? Oh, you want to accept my uh, my flight offer from earlier in the podcast? I sure do. Well, tell me where you want to go. California would be fun. Or Florida would be fun, but I think California would have better weather. You'd have to use it before the 23rd of January. That's what I mean. Like, I'm thinking I'm thinking January. Go to San Diego. That'd be perfect. 72 all the time. You can go to L.A. be warmer than that. Yeah. I love going to California. I love California. I have a son that lives in California. I have spent a lot of time there. Because my best friend lived in San Diego, Carlsbad, actually. And I really like it out there. I just hate the traffic. There's so many awesome things about California. Everything's there. It's culturally one of the best cities in our country. It sits on the coastline. It's got, you know, movies and comedy and live music and great sports and all the beaches and I love it out there. I can see why somebody would want to live there forever. I just wouldn't want to pay for it. I like California kind of like I like Las Vegas and New York. I like it for stretches, but I don't know if I would long-term do well in those situations. I just need a little bit more nature than that. I don't want that much commuting, that much peopling in traffic. It sucks. I know for me, when I moved to Las Vegas, this was crazy. I never saw one cloud the entire time I lived there. I lived there for one year. Mm -hmm. I, it never rained. There was never a cloud. I mean, not even a thin cloud in the air. It was crazy. I couldn't believe how blue those skies are. And then you think about the ugly, uh, you know, the ugliness of the desert. Well, th the desert offers a lot of beautiful views. You just have to look. I mean, when the, Yucca is blooming. It's gorgeous. If you go out to the Red Rock Canyons uh, outside of Las Vegas, amazing. You know, there's a lot of dumpy parts of Nevada, too. But, you know, I'm a huge Vegas fan. I wish I could go right now. I would love to go back to Vegas, but I want to feel a little, I want to have a little more time under my belt not drinking before that happens because there's not a story I have about Las Vegas that is not 100% connected to overindulging in, in many ways.
my Vegas trip led me to a 28 day stay. <laughs> yeah, little, little, uh, that, <laughs> there's a lot of people leaving Las Vegas should, that should be doing that. I mean, and it's one of the things that's cured me of the allure and the glamorization of a lot of that stuff is being a comedian over the years and working casinos and casinos can seem really, really fun at night. What's really sad is seeing a, com a casino and walking through it in the morning. In the morning, yeah. it's really depressing. It's, of course, some of the people there might be, might be third shift workers that just got off work and that's their happy hour. But for the most part, especially in Las Vegas, that's not the case. And it's just, you're just really, it's an addiction that's out in plain sight that no one says anything about. And woof, you know that there are people out there that are just betting the farm and they cannot afford it. I remember for me, I had my fifth sober year birthday uh, at an AA meeting in Las Vegas. And I was so excited because it was my fifth birthday to hit that meeting, to get my chip. I was so mm -hmm. jazzed. I got yeah. there and they always give you know people a chance to a share. And there was one guy that wanted to share for the entire meeting because he was completely hammered oh god completely hammered that sucks when people do that this was supposed to be my meeting not his yeah i'm glad that happened mm -hmm. because it was like holding up a mirror i got to see how ugly looked and ugly didn't look pretty <laughs> yeah. not at all i know exactly what we have yet to cover okay uh, we got an email. Oh, yeah, and, the email. And you can uh, actually write us Moon P Jug Hobbs, M O O N P J U G G H O B B S at gmail.com. Moon P Jug Hobbs at gmail.com. And the email that we received, the first mm -hmm. one in a while, because we don't usually talk about the email address. Dear Moon P Jug and Hobbs, Listen every week. Love you guys. Sounds like you're having a lot of fun together. I started listening about a year ago when my marriage became unhappy. You've kept me going through so much. I just wanted to say thank you. I'm starting to get my life in order now, and I know it's going to be a better year. Continue your work. Much appreciated. Signed, Giselle. <laughs> I was waiting for a punchline because I was like, that's really nice. I, for a moment, I was I was swept away in this fantasy that that we had listeners and that we that we had reach and that we had impacted someone in a positive way. But, but you know what? If we can't be there for Giselle in her time of need, Team Giselle. That's episode 78, Moon P. Juggernaut.